What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who was an expert at car trunk Tetris, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. You know, that is one thing I'm very proud about. It Maybe I shouldn't be proud about it, but it's something I enjoy doing. I can pack a trunk like nobody's business. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. And I'm always more than happy to bring you the luggage and you get it fit into the back of your truck or the back of my car. I am amazed at what you can put where your your ability for space relationship is expert level. I, on the other hand, do not have that skill. So to know our limitations, I think that's an important thing in life. (laughs) Well, my limitation is my my son-in-law's offered to help me load the truck and the and the the car as we got ready for a trip as a family, and I said, nope, just just stage it right there. I will put it away. <laughs> so I need to be more um, willing to teach and and offer help to guide people that uh, like my son-in-law's, but I I choose to do it myself, and that's not that's my Achilles heel. So this year for Christmas, we made a. a- a dedication or or a project in that rather than get a whole lot of presents for everybody this year as our family continues to grow but that instead we were going to pick a weekend that we could all get together and our goddaughter from california came who is basically another member of the family her husband all of our children set aside the weekend and we went to a cabin near mount hood and we spent really four days together just enjoying each other's company company, playing games, playing in the snow, and it was really a perfect weekend to spend together. The exit, on the other hand, didn't go quite as smoothly as the entrance. And, you know, I can appreciate how you have an idea of how you you want things to go. We all get that way. If we enter into a project, we have this idea. This is how it should go. And then outside influences start to get in the way. You were getting rained on. The patients didn't hold out through the entire packing up session. We were so close. But yes, we, the humanity took us over took over and uh yeah i was uh, a bit uh a bit cranky as i sat in the rain and the cold trying to load this truck and not get all of our stuff wet um but you know i i you were very merciful and we came back around to a place that was uh, a balance and i think that's yeah. the beauty of our relationship for our marriage and for our family to be able to see that that yeah things are not always smooth but we can no. work through it and come out better at the end Oh, for sure. And we're all human. We all have our shortcomings. And as married people, we accept uh, both our virtues and our shortcomings. And and we just try to be better at it for next time. Uh, After 30 years of marriage, I will absolutely know 100% that there will be a time in the future that both you and I are going to lose our patience. It happens, but it's our ability to get everything back on track where the years of experience and the years of marriage really help us out. 
So we have been fortunate in our years of marriage to do a little bit of traveling. Now, when the kids were little, we did a lot of pack up the van and let's go. We would go visit our family. We've been across the Midwest a, a couple of times up north to Montana. We've also flown to places as a family before. And here, I think, is what has been kind of fun about the way we travel. We intermix those fun things in there. Even on one of our trips, we drove our van down the California coastline. We decided today was the day we'd say yes to things. Well, that yes even allowed us to stop at a side food stand. We got fried artichokes on one of the trips. And it's those little things that were really memorable. What we also try to do when our travel allows us is we stop in at churches, at Catholic churches that run across the map or we see something or it's Saturday or Sunday on a vacation. We know we have to go uh, to church. Well, we find a church and it's a wonderful way to kind of do many pilgrimages while you're on vacation. You've been to a lot of places over your travels. Absolutely. Every, every time I go on a trip for my job, uh, I try and find in the evenings or late afternoons places that I can drive to to visit. And I have seen some tremendously beautiful churches, uh, a number of churches that have uh, commitments to Mary. Um, I went and saw in Wisconsin, uh, Our Lady of Good Help, which was just, it was just in this obscure little church, really, in relation to the, the rest of the surroundings. And I was so happy to to be able to find that. But yeah, it's those those are gems for us as Catholics to to seek out and find and to be connected to these communities that we otherwise might feel like we're just visiting, but we're not. We're we're part of a, a broader family. Well, stay with us because we got a great show ahead. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by Marion Amberg. She has a great new book out called Mary's Miracles, a traveler's guide to Catholic America, where she breaks down by regions some of the beautiful shrines, churches, statues dedicated to our Blessed Mother. And then after that, we'll share just some experiences we've had on the road and on our travels further. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Please join me, Father John Boyle, from the Tribunal and Office of Canonical Services of the Archdiocese of Portland, in this Lenten prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grant, Almighty God, through the yearly observance of Holy Lent, that we may grow in understanding of the riches hidden in Christ, and by worthy conduct pursue their effects. Give us the right dispositions, O Lord, we pray, to make sacrifice and penance by which we celebrate this venerable and sacred time. May we learn to hunger for Christ, the true and living bread, and to strive to live by every word which proceeds from your mouth. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. So, it's Ash Wednesday, 
you just got sloshed with ashes, and you have to go to the grocery store. Worried everyone is going to be staring and thinking, I wonder if that guy knows he has dirt on his forehead. If so, fear no more. Here's a few ways to respond to the befuddled looks. You can start by laughing with them. Weird, huh? And then you can explain, today begins a special season for Christians when we focus on the fact that we're going to die, hence the ashes, and that we need to turn away from sin and get right with God. You then might share how in ancient times, ashes were used to express sorrow for sin. The visible sign represents our interior conversion. So with a few responses like these in your quiver, there's no need for awkwardness. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. Well, when you see photos of beautiful churches and shrines dedicated to our Blessed Mother, well, we often think of the grand architectures of Europe at Lourdes, even Fatima. But for many, an overseas trip to visit them, it's just not possible. Well, you don't have to travel overseas to discover our Blessed Mother's miraculous love for her children. In her new book, Mary's Miracles, A Traveler's Guide to Catholic America, author Marion Amberg takes you to more than 50 shrines right here in the United States. Marion is joining us to tell us some more. Good morning, Marion. Thanks so much for joining the Morning Blend. Thank you so much. It's a joy to be with you. Well, Marion, you are like the Rick Steves of Catholic travel. How did you begin to put this travel guide together for Catholic Marion America? Well, when I was writing my first Catholic travel book that's um, called Monuments, Marvels, and Miracles, A Traveler's Guide to Catholic America, I started noticing all of these shrines around the country dedicated to Mary, cathedrals, chapels, shrines, grottos. And many of them had miraculous stories to them. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to tell all of those stories in my first travel book. So I decided, let's just do a separate book that's dedicated to Mary and include as many chapels and shrines as we could. Well, in a reading history of our Catholic faith, we know of the European shrines and basilicas and cathedrals dedicated to Our Lady, hundreds and hundreds of years old. And here in the United States, while we aren't as old, there are some shrines dedicated to our mother, well, right from the beginnings of this country. What's the oldest shrine that you highlight in your book? Uh, The oldest shrine that I highlight in the book is in St. Augustine, Florida. And as most readers probably know, the Spaniards arrived in St. Augustine in 1565. On September 8, 1565, 
uh, September 8th is the feast day of the Nativity of Mary. They offered the first Mass at St. Augustine. And that's one reason why St. Augustine is considered the birthplace of Christianity in America. It was around around 1600 that uh, the Spaniards at St. Augustine erected the first chapel, the first shrine to Mary. And that was to Our Lady of La Leche, and that means Our Lady of the Milk and Happy Delivery. Uh, that shrine is no longer standing, and somehow that statue got lost over over the centuries. But they do have a beautiful, gorgeous little shrine on grounds, and um, at, and it's dedicated to Our Lady of La Leche. And a lot of couples who are having trouble conceiving will go to this shrine and pray before the statue. It's a statue of Mary nursing the baby mm. Jesus. And they will ask for the gift of a child. And many times the, the request comes back in the form of twins. They are doubly blessed. Wow. That's just some of what you will read about if you pick up Mary's Miracles, A Traveler's Guide to Catholic America. It is out by our Sunday visitor. Marion Amberg is the author and she's joining us today. Well, we I talked about some of these great shrines around the world and the apparitions that are dedicated to our Blessed Mother. Many people think of a Lourdes, also Fatima, but some people forget, well, there is an approved Marian apparition right here in the United States. Of course, it is also featured in your book. Tell us about Champion, Wisconsin. Oh, that is a great, great place. Mm-hmm. So, in um, that that was uh, that area was basically settled uh, by by Belgians who had immigrated to America, and in 1859, Adele Brees she she came to America with her parents and her family. She was walking through some woods, and she all of a sudden she saw this this image of a lady and you know she was really startled and she didn't know what it was and and all of a sudden you know that the image disappeared well she had a total of three apparitions of mary and um many many healings have taken place at at this place so if the the shrine is dedicated to our lady of good help and she has been a very good help to many people who come there to pray for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, it could be healing or somebody is crippled to be healed. It could be finances. It could, it could be anything. Mm. Wow, that is uh, so amazing. And again, does it take a, a big overseas airplane trip to get you there? Well, you just got to have a little sense of adventure. Hit the road. Marion Amberg joining us today. We're talking about wonderful Marian shrines and chapels and special places dedicated to our Blessed Mother. Well, here in Portland, we know well and love our little piece of heaven that can be found at the National Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother. Holding relics of St. Peregrine, folks come from all over to visit the grotto. And Marion, well, you featured our beautiful grotto in your book. Tell us more about it, because I think you've got a little bit of a story that many of us are not familiar with. What I like about the grotto is the story, the story that goes back to 1892, 
When little Peter Mayer, he was living up in Ontario, Canada, his mother was dying. His mother had just given birth to a baby girl, but she was dying. And, and little Peter, you know, nine years old, he had big fat tears running down his cheeks. He ran to the local church, St. Mary's Church, and he, he knelt and he prayed and he said, Mary, if you save my mother, I will do something great for the church. So he made this big, bold promise. you got to remember, he's just nine years wow. old. Mm-hmm. This big, big, bold promise he would do something great. Well, his mother lived, the, his baby sister lived. And what's so unique about the grotto, other than the grounds, is that Peter Mayer, he honored his nine-year-old promise. He joined the Servites, and he took the name Father Ambrose. And so in 1923, he found this railroad property, and he it cost $48,000. He had 3000 to put down as a down payment. He stuck out his neck in faith, and he and the Blessed Mother got the property. And it was about a year later that the grotto was dedicated. It, it's just a, a fantastic story that no matter how old or young or whatever state we are in life, we can turn to the Blessed Mother and ask for her help. Oh, for sure. And as I said, it is our little piece of heaven right here in the heart of Portland, just kind of as a, a light to well, an area so in need of our mother's love. You know, there are many lights like the grotto around the country. Kind of just let our listeners know how you break open this book. So that way, well, every area practically of the United States, well, it has a dedication to our Blessed Mother. I break the book down into seven geographic regions. I start with the Northeast region. And one of my favorite uh, shrines there is the Basilica of Our Lady of Victory, and that was built by Venerable Nelson Baker. And then from there, I go down to the southeastern part of the country, and then up to the Midwest, where, of course, we have Champion in Wisconsin. Well, hopefully our listeners are intrigued. Maybe they want to plan a little bit of a pilgrimage, so to speak, and try to hit as many of these amazing sites as possible. Where are they going to be able to get a copy? Well, for sure they can get a copy at the Grotto and right there in Portland. It's available from Catholic bookstores, um, online from Our Sunday Visitor, also online from other retailers. Um, so it just matter. Just Google or run into your uh, local Christian bookstore. Well, that sounds perfect. Make it real easy so that way well, people can hit the road and find Marian Shrines across the country. Marian, I sure appreciate your time today. It was such a wonderful book. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And again, that is Marian Amberg. The name of the book, Mary's Miracles, A Traveler's Guide to Catholic America. I will be sure to include links to where you can get a copy for yourself. Also find Marian's first book, Monuments, Marvels, and Miracles, A Traveler's Guide to Catholic America. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
Scott, I've told you this so many times before. In our retirement years, I want to take our travel trailer, hook it to the back of your truck, and then just see America. And I'm pretty sure that in that trailer, we're going to have a copy of Mary's Miracles in there. All over the country. It's amazing how many shrines, how many small little chapels along the way that you find that are dedicated to our Blessed Mother. I think it's a great opportunity to just set out and and really find our Catholic roots here in the United States. Yeah, there's two things that we planned on doing when we retire. That is to travel and seek out these holy places throughout the United States and then to partake in a game of golf. (laughs) (laughs) But I I can't wait till we are able to go out and do that that kind of connecting travel. That's what I consider it as, where we connect with communities of of our Catholic faith that, that have these beautiful dedications to Mary, dedications to Joseph. There's places in, in even Canada that uh, are exemplary of that. But the one that I go to regularly is when I go back to Washington, D.C., where I spend quite a bit of my career working right now. And I am constantly making time to go to the Basilica uh, of the Immaculate Conception. Oh, and yes. They're on Catholic University of America's campus. And it's just so reorienting for me to be there to see the commitment that people have to have put in to build that and then to the commitment people have had to our Blessed Mother uh, from every culture you can imagine uh, across the world. There's a there's representations of their dedication and devotion to Mary uh, there. So the gift that Jesus gave us from the cross I give you my mother. We've taken that, I think, as uh, our Catholic community to heart and exemplify that in the in these beautiful shrines. You know, sometimes these shrines, too, they just pop out uh, when we weren't even looking for them. And we had a great opportunity to take the whole family a few years ago to Hawaii, to Maui. And we set out one afternoon to go down this, uh, I guess it was this this drive of waterfalls. And as we're going through, I'm looking at the map and it, it said something about the Shrine of St. Gabriel. I said, there's a church along here somewhere. And so I think we passed it once and we had to come back on it because in this beautiful hillside of green, we could see the little top of this church. And the kids Mm -hmm. remember it because it was very small. I mean, you could tell that it was just through the funds of the local people that these four walls were put up with a few pews on the inside that this beautiful church was dedicated to those that lived there in that small community. And of course, no Hawaiian church or building would be complete without the little resident geckos, which were also around. We like to think looking after our blessed mother. Yeah, you know, that was that was so off the beaten path. I remember us driving down this little uh, two lane, two track road to get there. And when we finally pulled into the village, we still didn't know how to get to the church necessarily because it was within these buildings that we walked up to one of the local families there and they said, oh yeah, just come right through our house right over here. <laughs> so we yeah. walked through their house and boom, we were right there at the church. It was this invitation and this this recognition. And truly, it was a recognition that here, these are people who are devoted to our Blessed Mother and to, the, and to our Catholic faith. And here we are, visitors of the same mind. And it was as if we we're family coming home saying, yeah, come right through my house, right over here, take your time. 
and we had a great uh, great time not to mention great opportunity to see those geckos that was so cool <laughs> those geckos hanging on the wall of the church and it's like nobody was bothered by that everybody just said oh yeah that's kind of our accepted residence here <laughs> Of course, again, in Marion's book, she highlights all of these beautiful Marian shrines. She also has another one that's on Catholic America that is full of Catholic shrines and churches and basilicas that uh, just represent the history of our Catholic faith right here in the United States. Of course, Scott, our travels have also allowed us to go to European countries and once to Rome. And boy, when you look at what we have here in the United States and also not compare it to what is in the rest of the world in their Catholic faith, but I guess in being able to travel to different churches, both here in the U.S. and then around the world, you do get that strong, strong sense of universality. We're all Catholic. Absolutely. And there is something familiar, no matter what church you go into, where it is in the U.S. or in the world, there is something very familiar in every single church around the world. I believe that's Jesus Christ for sure. Yeah. In fact, I remember when I did my pilgrimage walk with my uh, friend, Deacon Sam Basta, and we finished that ending up in, in Rome. We went to a little church that, uh, there was a baptism going on. We were in there praying and this baptism started. It's just a little small, quaint family gathering for this baptism. And they allowed us to stay. They invited us to stay. And we prayed as they were baptized as child. It's that kind of um, universality that you talk of that, that we as Catholics share a common belief in what we believe to be the truth. And that is Jesus Christ. And when you have that focus on the truth, there isn't a distinction of, oh, you're a foreigner or you're not from this church. I think the, the the tendency, gratefully so, is you're my brother or sister. I'm going to be with you, I pray, someday in heaven. So why don't I act that way now? I think people have that subconscious thought as Catholics that we as Christians recognize our connection to Christ and that therefore invites the other person who is a Christian into our lives intimately uh, in a, in a very uh, spiritually filled way. Oh, I love that image that that sets. Could you imagine uh, going to your eternal home and they're waiting for you? Were those that were present and watching you throughout your life as you received your sacraments? I think I can't wait for that day. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the tremendous gift of our faith, and most especially as you gifted your mother from the cross to us. We lean on her in our moments of need and know that she, the undoer of knots, can help us to find and see you more clearly in any situation we may be facing. May this week be filled with Mary's prayers for us to do the good work that you have given us the ask to do. In your name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. 
View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.